0: Welcome to KGNU's Morning Magazine. It's Monday, March 6th of 2023. I'm your host, Shannon Young. Coming up on the program, today marks the start of National Consumer Week. We'll hear from the executive director of COPURG. And CityCast Denver sits down with the head of Excel to ask why our power bills are so high. After the BBC News headlines, we'll hear the latest commentary from Jim Hightower, Reparations for Slavery is the topic this morning on A Public Affair. We'll hear a conversation with Denver-based reparations advocate Lottie Liebdula. Then at 9 a.m., we'll bring you Counterspin, a look at fairness and accuracy in reporting. After that, Doug Gertner will be in the Denver studio for The Morning Sound Alternative. That's all still ahead this morning, but first, the headlines with KGNU's Stacey Johnson.
1: Tenants and several community groups rallied at the state capitol Sunday, pushing for lawmakers to repeal the ban on rent control. It is currently illegal under state law for local governments to enact rent control regulations. Speakers at the rally talked about the high cost of living in Denver and that it's time for change as rent prices are getting worse. CBS Colorado reports the state is the 12th most expensive for rent, according to rentdata.org and that a two-bedroom apartment costs more than $1,600 a month in the Denver metro area. Rentdata.org puts the average monthly cost of a two-bedroom in Boulder at just over $1,900. Rally organizers at yesterday's event include the Denver Aurora Tenants United, 9-5 to Colorado, United for a New Economy, and the Denver Classroom Teachers Association. A bill to repeal the ban on local rent control, HB 1115, has already passed the state House and is currently before the state Senate. The Denver metro area is also seeing a return of high eviction rates after the expiration of pandemic-era protections. CBS Colorado reports just over 1,000 evictions incurred in Denver alone during the month of January. The number of evictions filed in Boulder's courts has also risen dramatically this past year. KGN News' Jack Armstrong has more.
2: The Boulder County court system recorded more than 150 eviction filings within February 2023 which is the most since February 2020, according to state data. Boulder County's Emergency Rental Assistance Program ran out of funds last month. The city of Boulder has since ramped up the aid it's providing. Boulder Reporting Lab reports the city has spent about $1.1 million on its Eviction Prevention and Rental Assistance Program since its launch in 2021. In an effort to make the money go farther for Boulder residents, the program has lessened the original amount it provided an individual or family from $4,000 to $3,000. A representative of the Emergency Family Assistance Association told Boulder Reporting Lab that many of its clients within the city spend about 70% of their income on rent. The new increase in evictions comes as supplemental aid programs have been cut back, or are ending nationwide. For KGNU, I'm Jack Armstrong.
1: Students from three Denver high schools led a reproductive rights march Saturday around the state capitol in Civic Center Park. According to Colorado Newsline, dozens of students marched with the support of New Era Colorado and several other advocacy organizations. Student organizers say they wanted to have the voice of their generation heard by decision makers who are impacting their lives and futures. George Washington High student Sarita Patel said during the rally that although it has been some time since the Supreme Court overturned Roe v. Wade, it does not mean that those who care about abortion access will stop fighting, as the decision still impacts people with uteruses across the country. Last month, Colorado joined a coalition of 22 states and the District of Columbia in opposing a federal court challenge in Texas by anti abortion groups who want to overturn the Federal Drug Administration's approval of Mephistoprone, a drug known as an abortion inducing pill, which is also used to treat ulcers and Cushing disease. Colorado lawmakers got another dose of student activism last week as hundreds of East High School students dressed in red marched to the state capitol Friday demanding lawmakers pass stricter gun regulations. The march and protest occurred within days of when Luis Garcia, a 16-year-old East High School student, died from gun violence. During a brief rally on the west steps of the Capitol, students chanted for an end to gun violence and held signs with Garcia's name and the number of his soccer jersey, number 11. The students also observed 11 seconds of silence in Garcia's memory. After the rally, students filled and fanned the halls of the Capitol and observed legislatures addressing them from the Senate floor. East High School Students Demand Action led the protest to coincide with an advocacy day planned by Moms Demand Action, a nationwide grassroots organization that champions stricter gun control laws. After East High School students marched and protested at the state capitol on Friday, Representative Elizabeth Epps from Denver and Senator Rhonda Fields from Aurora introduced a bill to ban the sale and transfer of assault weapons. House Bill 1230 defines assault weapons by their features instead of by Pacific make and model. According to the Colorado Sun, the prospect of the bill getting through legislative hurdles is unclear as Governor Jared Polis is a skeptic of the measure, as well as Democrats in the State House. Legislative watchers say the bill's introduction has been in the works for weeks, but met further delay after Representative Andrew Bonesnecker from Fort Collins removed his name as a lead sponsor. The introduction of the bill Friday evening comes a week after Democrats introduce other gun control measures at a news conference. Denver Public Schools has confirmed a cybersecurity breach in January resulted in the exposure of the personal information of their employees. KGN News' Juanita Hortado has more.
3: DPS announced on its website Friday that hackers took data from the district's network in a month-long security breach. The data included the names of current and former employees along with their social security information, bank account numbers, health plan enrollment, fingerprints, driver's license numbers, and other sensitive information. The district is now sending letters to everyone affected by the cybersecurity breach and offering resources like identity theft protection services and free credit monitoring. A DPS spokesperson told Nine News the security breach affected all school district employees but appears to not have affected students. In its online statement, DPS says it has implemented additional measures to enhance the security of its network and will continue to provide data security training to its employees. For KGNU, I'm Juanita Tortado.
1: Several Boulder Valley School District parents spoke at last week's school board meeting, requesting that the district conduct more testing for contaminants and schools within the Marshall Fire area. The Daily Camera reports parents who have experienced toxicity in their own homes from the fire say they want to know for sure the schools are safe. District officials say they continue to consult with fire mitigation experts and are confident the eight schools in the fire zone are safe. In response to a BBSD request for an opinion on the district's response to the fire, Robert Rossersman, a certified industrial hygienist, said schools are easier to restore after a fire because the exterior walls are typically brick or concrete, whereas homes typically have wood frames and porous insulation that makes it easy for smoke to enter. Rossersman also said schools can access remediation resources faster than homeowners'. For today's weather, the National Weather Service says skies will be sunny with a high of 42 for Fort Collins and Boulder and a high near 48 for Denver. During daytime hours, Fort Collins could have winds gusting as high as 17 miles per hour. Tonight, during the late overnight hours, there is a chance of freezing rain with a 30% chance of precipitation for Fort Collins and Boulder and a 20% chance of precipitation for Denver. Overall, overnight skies will increase with clouds and fog. Tonight's lows will be 21 degrees for Fort Collins, 22 degrees for Boulder, and 25 degrees for Denver. For KGNU, I'm Stacey Johnson.
0: You are listening to The Morning Magazine on KGNU. I'm your host, Shannon Young. Today kicks off National Consumer Week, and a number of data releases and advocacy events are in the works, from a top 10 consumer complaints list being released today to lobbying efforts around consumer protection bills currently before the legislature. Joining me live is Danny Katz, executive director of the Colorado Public Interest Research Group, or COPRG, Good morning.
4: Morning. Thanks for having me.
0: Well, thank you for being here. So, what all does Coperg have planned for National Consumer Week?
4: Yeah, we're well, you know, sometimes with all the threats that are facing us, it can feel like being a good consumer requires a second job. Uh, and so, we have put together a set of tips and, and guides that we have available throughout the week from everything from surprise medical bills to scams and robocalls to getting refunds from airlines. And so we'll be rolling those out this week and and hopefully helping everybody do a better job of protecting themselves when it comes to the marketplace.
0: Some bills are before the legislature this session that have to do with medical debt and high fees. What are the specifics on those?
4: Yeah, so it it's really shocking. About twelve percent of Coloradans have medical debt in collection. Uh, and the average debt is is over seven hundred dollars. And so one of the things we want to make sure we're doing this week is is getting ahead of that debt and helping people avoid any sort of medical expenses that are unfair or surprise. And and what people should know is that there is a federal law called the No Surprises Act that gives people more tools to be able to avoid high bills ahead of time, especially by making sure that any sort of care you're getting is what we call in-network versus out-of-network. And if it's in-network, that should go a long way to help you reduce your overall uh, cost because more of it should be covered by uh, insurance companies.
0: What are some of the other common issues that come up in complaints that your organization fields?
4: Yeah, so I, I think we continue to see problems in the robocall and text field. So the good news is that thanks to a federal law, phone companies are stepping up and doing more to screen robocalls and scams that are coming to your phones. And in fact, we've seen a pretty dramatic drop in the number of robocalls in Colorado. So we went from as many as 372 million robocalls per year. We're down below 200 million. So it's nice to st- so you're not responding to it and providing any sort of personal information, because that's the whole goal of a robocall or text um, from these bad actors is to try to get some of your personal information and be able to use it to scam you.
0: Well, I would say also don't uh, click on the links that c- sometimes comes with uh, come with robocalls or robotexts as well. Uh, what about the right to repair? That was something that was uh, that came up recently. What is Copark doing around that?
4: Yeah, so this concept that, you know, for decades, whenever something's broken, you've been able to to fix it. Or, you know, you don't have that skill set, you can take it to a, somebody who you know who can or, or take it back to the manufacturer. But recently, as more things run on software, it means that manufacturers are able to uh, impair your ability to fix things because you need these software codes and diagnostics. And so, we've been working with a, a broad range of legislators to pass policies to ensure that people are able to get access to those tools so they can fix their things, whether there's somebody in a wheelchair or somebody with a cell phone or somebody with a tractor. And this year, the, the policy at the State Capitol is really focused on that agricultural equipment, ensuring that farmers have the ability to fix their stuff. You know, if you're out in the middle of a farm and your tractor breaks down, It could be days before you can get help unless you have the tools to fix it yourself. And that can really undermine your livelihood. So that's a bill that's moving through the Capitol as well.
0: Saturday, Coparg has something planned around airlines and recovering refunds from them. This is something that has taken on particular significance uh, due to just the logistical uh, jam that happened over the holidays. What are some tips for listeners?
4: Yeah, so when it comes to, to air travel, it's been just a, a, a meltdown we've seen recently. And so a couple of things that, that we suggest for, for people before you purchase those flights, there, there's more transparency around the on-time um, uh, records of these um, uh, airlines and, and their flights. And so look into that. You might be able to get a clue that the flight you're purchasing is one that has a, a pretty high track record of either delays or cancellations. We also encourage people to do as as much as possible, fly in the mornings to reduce delays and cancellations. And lastly, if you're going to use a credit card or a debit card to purchase a flight, we suggest using a credit card over a debit card because there are far more protections that come with a credit card. If you use that, it'll be easier for you to dispute any charges or dispute any cancellations and be able to get a refund. Bottom line, though, you are, you do um, are, are able to get refunds. So even if an airline is offering you, you know, um, uh, uh, some sort of voucher for a delay or cancellation, you should be able to get a refund and you should ask for that if that's what's best for you.
0: Okay, just a quick question on this. I mean, some some airlines, they'll offer cheaper tickets like their their tiers to what you can buy. And, you know, is it true that when you get the cheaper tickets, basically you're forfeiting your right to a refund if your flight gets canceled?
4: Uh, That's not true. So one thing to make sure uh, if you see a big weather pattern coming up and you're like, oh, this flight's definitely not going to go out you should not cancel it yourself if you cancel your own flights then you're not going to be getting a refund but if the airline is canceling flights on you then um that flight uh, you should be able to uh you are entitled to get a refund the non-refundable flights that you see being sold or that that's if you decide to cancel it for some reason later
0: so up next on our weekly excerpt of Citycast Denver, we're going to hear from the president of XL Colorado. Uh, I know, of course, you know everybody's power bills have been going up this uh, this winter. Have you been receiving complaints, or, or what are what's in the power of consumers to push back when their power bills double or triple?
4: Yeah, absolutely, the, the state of Colorado has something called a utility consumer advocate, and they represent all of us in these. Uh, uh, rate cases and so right now we're seeing the impact of relying on a very volatile fuel for our um, for our energy uh, and for our heat and so anything we can do to re- reduce our reliance on gas will go a long way to helping to reduce the reliance on you know these volatile gas gas spikes so in the long run anything we can do to kind of get off gas will go a long way to helping us as consumers there is a lot of of resources out there when it comes to financial assistance and through the either the Public Utilities um, uh, uh, Commission or through groups like Energy Outreach Colorado, there's a lot that you can do to help weatherize your home and just make it a little bit more energy efficient and and save yourself money.
0: Danny Katz, uh, is there any is there a website or any other information that you'd like to give out for listeners who may want to know more?
4: Yeah, all of our tips and guides are on our website this week. And so you can find that at, at, at www.copurg.org backslash consumer week. So copurg.org backslash consumer week. And we have lots of our tips and guides that we'll be updating throughout the week there.
0: I've been speaking with Danny Katz, Executive Director of Coperg. Thank you so much for joining me this morning. Thank you. You are listening to the Morning Magazine on KGNU. I'm your host, Shannon Young. Coming up next is CityCast Denver. Excel <laughs> Energy posted one point seven billion dollars in profits in 2023. Yet, many Coloradans have seen their energy bills double, and in some cases, triple this winter. From difficulties accessing payment assistance programs to frustrations with the arduous process of converting to solar energy, Coloradans are fed up with their power utility. So, is this what living with a monopoly feels like? Today, CityCast Denver host Bree Davies sits down with Excel Energy Colorado President Robert Kenney.
5: I really want to start with this issue. Uh, My energy bill and so many other Denverites energy bills are like through the roof and Excel's kind of bragging that shareholders are looking at billion dollar profits. What is going on?
6: Well, Bree, first of all, let me say, you know, thank you for inviting me to be on here and talk to your listeners, our customers. And let me also say that, you know, we recognize that For some of our customers, our most vulnerable customers that are low income or fixed income, any rate increase can be very, very challenging. And that's why we offer energy assistance in the form of bill um, assistance, bill payment assistance, directing our customers to other resources, helping them to use their energy more efficiently. So first, I just wanted to start with that, that we recognize that these can be challenging times, particularly for our most vulnerable customers. The reason that this is happening, the recent spike that we've seen in energy bills um, can be attributable, attributed to a couple of different things. Um, the biggest and most significant driving factor has been the increase in fuel costs. So the wholesale price of natural gas makes up the biggest portion of most customers' bills. And that's driven by global supply and demand market forces. Um, natural gas is used to heat customers' homes and businesses as well as to generate electricity we do pass that cost on directly to our customers without a markup. And just to put a fine point on it, we don't make a profit on the increased wholesale price of natural gas. The other contributing factor was this year's cold weather, which has impacted customers' bills with higher than average natural gas use. And just as an example, customers used 35, almost 36% more natural gas in November of 2022 than they did in November of 21. Now I will say that natural gas prices are starting to come down. Prices are expected to lower. And then as the temperatures get warmer, we would expect usage to also decline. And so for our average residential customer, their gas bill um, will be about $11.60 less in March than it would have been in February. We also expect our small business customers will pay an average of $57 less in March.
5: So I want to go back to something you said, which was we as consumers get the wholesale price of of natural gas, like you don't mark it up, essentially. But I'm confused as to how Excel made $1.7 billion in profits if you're not essentially like selling gas.
6: So we make our profits on um, the investments that we make in physical assets. And so the commission, the CPUC, the Colorado Public Utilities Commission, Sets an authorized rate of return that we are allowed to earn. We have the opportunity to earn. And just to be clear, we're not guaranteed a profit. I I know that that's a a common misconception is that we're guaranteed a profit. And so in 2021 and 2022, our investors did earn about 8.23%. And then if you compare that to other like non regulated industries, the average rate of return that investors receive is about 16%. And so we're making profits, but I wouldn't characterize these as outsized profits. And then the last point that I would make is that those investments that we make are directly into our communities. And and so the amount of investment that we make typically exceeds the amount that we've invested. You mentioned, I think, $1.7 billion in, in profits that we've made across our enterprise. We've invested on an annual basis um, $5 billion in Upgrades to the system, improving the reliability, investing in capacity that'll be necessary as we continue driving the clean energy transition. And so we have to go out into the market and raise that additional capital in order to be able to make those investments.
5: I want to talk about two things you just mentioned, the investments that you profit on and then the the clean energy or the green energy movement. I know Coloradans are interested in increasing our electrification in, in part to help offset the high price of natural gas. But recently, Excel has come under fire for taking, in some cases, up to 12 months to hook up a customer's solar panels to the grid. And it's costing those environmentally conscious people a lot of money. I wonder, does Excel not want us to be transitioning to green
6: energy? No, nothing could be further from the truth. We were one of the first companies back in 2008 to make really strong carbon commitments. And We are committed to delivering 100% carbon-free electricity by 2050. We're on track to do that. Our clean energy investments that we've made so far in Colorado alone have saved our customers about $700 million. So we are driving um, the clean energy transition. We will be bringing on nearly 5,500 megawatts of new wind and solar between 2021 and 2030. And then to your specific question about customers' Um, hooking up solar rooftop and the delays that have been happening as a result of that. I will start by saying we are, we've apologized to our customers for that. And it's not anything other than increase to capacity and applications that we saw after the Inflation Reduction Act was passed. We saw a big flurry and rush of applications in response to that and we just were caught flat-footed without enough contractors and, and co-workers to make those uh, installations. So we have been very clear with our customers that we um, are sorry for that fact. We have brought on more contractors and outside contractors to help with the interconnection process. So there's, there's no desire to impede or act as an obstacle to customers wanting to deploy that technology.
5: Robert Kenny, thank you so much for joining me.
6: Bree, thank you so much for having me. I really enjoyed talking with you.
5: After I spoke with Robert Kenny, our friend Sam Brash at Colorado Public Radio reported a story that offers a different perspective on how Excel Energy is approaching the complicated transition to green energy. According to documents Sam unearthed, a senior director at Excel served as a founding board member for Coloradans for Energy Access, a nonprofit that's been promoting natural gas and fighting the transition to renewables. Excel itself donated $80,000 to that same nonprofit in 2022. So we may have to talk more about this one.
4: You just heard an excerpt from CityCast Denver the local Denver Daily News podcast. Learn more about subscribing to the podcast at denver.citycast.fm or wherever you get your podcasts.
0: That's all for today's Morning Magazine. Special thanks to Stacey Johnson, Jack Armstrong, Juanito Hurtado, my guest Danny Katz, and CityCast Denver for their contributions to today's program. I've been your host, Shannon Young. Stay tuned for a commentary from Jim Hightower, and then it's a public affair with Sam Fuqua. That's coming up after the news headlines from the BBC.